Welcome to the podcast of Maranatha Ministries. I'm Rick Frank, Senior Pastor of Maranatha, and I pray you'll be blessed by today's message. You can access all of our church information by going to our website at www.mmchurch.com or on all social media by searching at mmchurch. And now be blessed by listening to today's message. Praise the Lord. God is so good. We're going to turn into the Word of the Lord today. Uh, You can be seated. Go ahead and be seated. And uh, I'm going to read from Genesis chapter 17. uh, And I'm reading verses 1 through 4. The Bible says, When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am Almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless. You know the King James Version. I'm reading from the New King James Version. You know the King James Version tells us that God spoke to Abraham and said to walk before me and be perfect. Now, how many of you would like to get that dictate from the Lord that you've got to walk before him and be perfect? Now, besides me, are there any, seriously, are there any other perfect people in here? (laughs) I know we laugh and joke about that, but truly, if you've been baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, you should be raising your hand right now. Because let me ask you, what makes a person imperfect is sin. But if your sins are washed away and remitted as they are when we are baptized in His name, the one who died for us, and your sins are gone, when God, I don't care what the world thinks, I don't care what your family thinks or your friends think when they look at you. When God looks at you, he sees no sin, and therefore in God's eyes, you are perfect. Walk before the Lord and be perfect. I thank God. I thank God. Because I would never be able to do it on my own, but he keeps washing it away and keeps saying, you look perfect to me. What a great God we serve. Verse 2 says, I will make my covenant between me and you, and I will multiply you exceedingly. Then Abraham fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be a father of many nations. And from those uh, four verses of Scripture, I want to talk to you about the God who remembers. The God who remembers. We have been preaching on these uh, topics, the God who, over the past several weeks. We've talked about the God who loves us so much. Uh, We talked about the God who sees. We talked about the God of all truth, that powerful message that our pastor uh, Roush preached a couple of weeks back, the God who is still God. I started teaching a Bible study on Thursday nights to a family who have uh, the oldest child is a senior in high school. Um, The middle child is, I think, a a freshman or a junior. She's 16. Uh, And then the son is a little bit younger than that. And I realized that I'm walking into a home, although the father has been in church many years ago, I'm walking into a home where I have a senior-aged person who has never, ever heard the creation story. She has been taught in the public school system evolution as though it is a fact, and it is not a fact. And no matter what they say about it, it is a theory, Um, and I want to teach her a different theory. In fact, I want to teach her a fact. That in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And I will be using your sermon notes that you sent me 
to go over um, all of those things. If you did not hear his sermon on the God who is still God, it's online. You can get it on our website or go to a YouTube page, go to our Facebook page. You can hear that sermon. Powerful sermon, Pastor Roush. Powerful presentation, but uh, it's, it's, it's um, God is great, isn't he? God changed Abram's name to Abraham. And he changed his name from Abram, which means exalted father, to the name Abraham, which means the father of a multitude. He was going to become the father of a multitude. And uh, Ishmael is already alive at this time. And it's interesting why Ishmael is even alive. And Ishmael is alive because when God made the promise that you're going to have children, Abraham was an old man and his wife was old and he didn't think it was possible. But let me assure you that with God, all things are possible. God can do anything. But Abraham wasn't sure God could do it. How many of you just always wondered, can God really do this? Uh, have you ever lost hope? You lost hope because you didn't believe God could do it anymore. All right, so when you're losing hope, follow it back to the root cause. I don't believe God can do it. God can do anything he said he was going to do. So Abraham was losing hope, and so he came up with this scheme that he would take Sarah's handmaid and he would have a baby with her. This kind of stuff was acceptable back in the day. It is not acceptable now, all right? But back in the day, it was okay, and he had Ishmael, and Abraham tried to bargain with God. He tried to bargain with God by saying, all right, I'm going to be the father of a multitude. I'm going to have many, many, many offspring and many, many descendants. How about we just do it through Ishmael, who's already alive? Why don't we take what I can handle? Why don't we take what I know about? Why don't we take what I can produce on my own and let's do it that way? And God said, oh no, it doesn't work that way. I'm going to do above and beyond what you're capable of. I'm going to do above and beyond what you ever dreamed possible. I am God and with me all things are possible. <laughs> Praise God. And I wonder how many times we try to help God get his job done. <laughs> the truth of the matter is some of us are in the trouble we're in because we we're trying to help God out <laughs> to get the job done. Abraham said, oh, that Ishmael might do this for us. One of humanity's biggest problems, and I'm sure you find this, Sister Janae, in dealing with people, is that we want what we want, and we want it now. Am I right? We want what we want, and we want it now. We don't want to wait for God. We don't want to wait for life. We don't want to wait for things. I believe it is one of our biggest problems. We want what we want, and we want it now. And when Abraham said, how about we just use Ishmael, God said, no, no, no. Sarah, your wife, is going to bear you a son, and you're going to call his name Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his descendants after him. And it was 14 years later, 14 years had passed since God first spoke to Abraham, just because it takes... And I have found this in my life. God tells me something, and I immediately put my time frame on it. God, that's great, and I believe you it's going to happen, but here's when it's got to happen by. 
<laughs> if it doesn't happen by here, it's too late. There is no past, present, or future with God. There's just now. When God says he's going to do something, it might to us be in our future. To God, it's all the same. God can change your yesterday as well as fix your tomorrows. God is able to do exceeding abundantly above anything that we can ask or think. May we be reminded that God is the God who keeps his word and never forgets what he said. Ever. And I'll tell you something interesting. If you read the Bible and study it at all, you will find that this is the first time that God reveals himself as the almighty God. And in case you don't know what almighty God means, it means he is almighty. See the wealth of information you get when you come to Maranatha? Almighty means almighty. There is no might outside of him. There is nothing greater than him. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and all they that dwell therein. He can do anything. Praise God. In fact, this name in the Hebrew is El Shaddai. You probably heard of that. It means he is a nourisher, a strengthener, and a satisfier. And it identifies God as being the all-sufficient one. Whatever you need, you can find it in Jesus. And don't say, then what do we need Janae for? Because Jesus might use Janae to give you your answer. And he also uses preaching. And he also uses prayer. And he also uses fasting. And he also uses church attendance. And he also uses prayer. And he also uses church attendance. And he also uses fasting. And he, and he uses church attendance. Did I say church attendance? And what, this is not my notes. This is all free. Janae, I give all kinds of free stuff here. I don't know if you do. I do. <laughs> when you come to church, my friend, be the church. Don't be a spectator. Be the church. And I don't care how bad your day has gone. I don't care how bad you have been. Because I have dragged myself to church when I've been a miserable failure all week long and did things that I know God was not pleased with. And how dare I think I can show up in the presence of the Lord. Come on to me, he said. All you who labor and are heavy laden, come to me. I will give you rest. And I have seen people come to church broken because of the life they lived last week. And they walk into church and they think they are not worthy to lift their hands to God. And I'm here to tell you, we do not worship him according to our excellent greatness, but according to his. And so the worse I am, the more I worship. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
And I pray you will never, ever be able to tell what kind of week I've had, what kind of month I've had, what kind of year I've had, what kind of life I've had by the way I worship God. I hope you think I'm walking on top of, top of the world every time I come through those doors because God is great, not me. He's the one I'm praising, not me. If I got to finish this next week, I'll finish it, but I got to throw this out. How would you feel if your little, your little Susie got up to play her piano recital for the school and she got up there and made a couple of mistakes and things went wrong and people sat back and wouldn't clap their hands for her? And you're saying, yeah, Susie, awesome. What is wrong with you people? That was my daughter playing the piano. Wouldn't you love to see everybody come to their feet and praise that little girl who worked so hard? I don't care what you did this past week. I don't care where you've been this past week. I don't care you had a fight with your wife before you came in. I don't care if you're a drunk and you, you, you just got sobered up to come here. Praise Susie for playing the piano. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what's happened to you. I don't care what you did yesterday. Praise Jesus. He's worthy of it. He's worthy of it. Hallelujah. In fact, the truth of the matter is, the worse I am, the more I want to praise him because who am I that he would allow me to come into his throne room? Praise God. God's fulfillment of his promise is never based on circumstances. He is not like us in the way that we say we'll do something because we may promise something that we can't perform because circumstances prevent us. Circumstances never present, prevent God from doing what he said he would do. He said to Abraham, as for me, I don't know about the rest of this world, but as for me, my covenant is with you. Now, we already know that Abraham had already taken things into his own hand. He had already got together with, with Sarah's handmaid. He had already had a baby with her, thinking he was going to help God out. That was not God's plan. And yet God did not curse him because he tried to do things on his own and made matters worse. And sometimes when we try to do things on our own, we make matters worse. God did not curse him for it. He said, I'm still going to bless you with the child I said you're going to have. I'm still going to fulfill my promises in you. And let that be a word to every single one of us. I don't care how bad you messed up. God is able to take your messes and turn it into something good. Give your life to him. Yeah. Praise God. He fulfills his promises no matter how bad we mess up. So Abraham gets his name changed from Abram, which means exalted father, to Abraham, which means father of a multitude. Incidentally, I had, had I, my name was changed also when I came to God. Did you know that? My name was changed. I was Richard John Frank when I came to church. Richard was the name my mother gave me. John was my grandfather's name. Frank is my earthly family's name. When I got baptized in his name and I took on his name, that's why if you haven't been baptized in Jesus' name, check out the Bible. There ain't no other way to do it. I tell people this all the time. Why would you get baptized in any other name? Who else died for you? Jesus died for me. And when I was baptized in his name, I became Richard John Frank Jesus. That's the real family name I got at the end. That's who I am. Praise God. 
Now, life is never like we think it is or should be. All we can see are the obstacles and the trials that we face in life, but God sees our present existence as well as our future, and he sees our future as already accomplished. Someone said this, the essence of faith is merely walking in the present, holding in your hands the things God has placed in the future. Isn't that good? Bible says it this way, Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So whatever it is that you may be facing this morning, let me assure you that God has already taken care of it. That's right. God has already taken care of it. And you can say, well, Bishop, how can you say that when you spent all those years you spent fighting depression? In God's mind, it was taken care of because he knew the road he had me on was going to bring me to the answer. Can you say amen? So in my world, it wasn't taken care of yet, but in his world, it was. That's why we must follow Jesus and not our own way. Whatever you may be facing this morning, I'm going to wrap this up in a minute. God has already taken care of it for you. You might have to go through a lot of things to get there, but the answer is already there. You merely have to be patient until you arrive at the place where that answer is. Because God is bringing you to that place. Remember, God is already in your next trial. I think I preach a message with this title. God is already in your next trial waiting for you to show up. <laughs> right? He is already in your next trial waiting for you to get there so that he can help you through it. What a great God we serve. The essence of faith is merely walking in the present, holding in your hands the things that God has placed in your future. The Bible says it this way, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So whatever it may be that you're facing this morning, whatever hardships you're going through, God's already taken care of it. It's already taken care of. If you stay on the path he wants you on, if you go off that path, I don't know what to tell you. You merely have to be patient until you arrive at that time and place when his provision is manifested in your life. Don't ever quit. Because God is already in your next trial waiting for you to show up. With the answer, by the way. I've said this many times. I'll say it again. The six words you will never hear God say. Those six words are, Wow, I didn't see that coming. Now, what does the, the number six represent? Anybody tell me? Man. Man says, wow, I didn't see that coming. What number represents God? Anybody know? Seven. So what seven words represent God? If these six words, wow, I didn't see that coming, represent man, what seven words would represent God? I'll tell you what it is. I already have an answer for that. I already have an answer for that. Seven words. My six words are, I didn't see that coming. God's seven words are, I already have an answer for that. <laughs> Praise God. 
Hallelujah. Let's stand together. The Bible says, Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? Shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. Don't try so hard to help God. Yes, Abraham, actually, a child will be born to a man who is 100 years old. Uh, yes, Abraham, in fact, a child will be born to a woman who is 90 years old. Because God's already got an answer for that. And God said, Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant with his descendants after him. Here's a man whose future was looking bleak when the day started. And now at the end of the day, he is thrilled with all of the possibilities that God just brought into his life. And I want to remind us today that there is no cause hopeless when it involves Jesus. Your future is as bright as the size of your faith in him. And I close with Luke 1 verse 37. For with God, nothing, no thing shall be impossible. This altar is open. Let's come and put our lives back into the hands of the one who holds our future. I don't know how he'll work it out. I don't know who he'll use to help me through. I don't know how he'll get the job done, but this one thing I do know. Though the skin worms destroy my flesh, in my flesh I shall see God. I'm going to make it. You're going to make it. God's going to get us through. Praise God. Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Ministries podcast. If this message touched you, please make sure to subscribe for more sermons from Pastor Frank and the ministry team here at Maranatha, as well as follow us on our social media platforms. We are located in Schenectady, New York, and if you are in the area, we invite you to join us during our weekly Sunday service starting at 10.30 a.m. We look forward to you joining us again next week for another anointed message. Thank you, and God bless.